I think I've got the toughest job in the place today. I'm it. I'm the only thing standing between you and macaroni and cheesy goodness. <laughs> How many of you know that you can't talk about the love of God and the birth of Christ how many of you heard this reoccurring theme today? The death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. The reasons why we celebrate Christmas would not be so dynamic and would not be so complete without the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. It's what I call the gift. I'm probably one of the craziest people you've ever met in your life when it comes to celebrating Christmas. I'm going to lay this on the line with you. My Christmas tree has been up in my living room for a long time already. <laughs> I hung some lights over my garage door, and then I thought, it's not enough. I went back and got some more. Hung some lights in my living room windows. And then I told Ruthie, I said, you drive by the house, you can see the kitchen window. Guess what? <laughs> I got more lights. The more lights, the more color, the more celebration. I can't do enough to let everybody know I love Christmas. And I love it for all the right reasons. I don't let anybody drag me down talking about the commercialism and all that kind of stuff, you know. I don't understand how a lost and dying world can waste so much energy ignoring a loving Savior like Jesus Christ. I celebrate His birth on this earth the way I do. I get so excited about it. I get so happy about it. Because think about this. Now think for a minute. Say this life is over and we enter into heaven. How many of you in this room think that that's going to be disappointing? Now our imaginations, and I got a wild one. I got a wild imagination. Our imaginations may not be able to touch on how great heaven's going to be, but I know it's going to be better than this place. It's going to be so much better, so Merry Christmas. We got a, we got a great destination to go to. Can you say amen? We would not be able to go there. We would not be able to share that with each other and with Jesus Christ and with our Father. If it wasn't for this great gift, Jesus Christ left heaven to come here. Think about it. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He gave all of that stuff up so he could come here to this planet and be with us physically and give us the gift he gave us. By the way, I'm not going to be long, I promise you, but I'm totally off the reservation with these notes here. I'm totally off the reservation. It's going to be all right. We're, well, I'd say that we're going to eat in a few minutes, okay? But I want to tell you something about the gift. Love. I'm going to tell you what love did. I want to let you know how powerful love is. Love is so powerful. And, and we wouldn't know anything about love if it wasn't for Father. I wouldn't know how to love my wife if God had not taught me how to love my wife. And I'm telling you, she wouldn't know how to love me without God's help. <laughs> I didn't really mean it exactly that way, but you know what I'm saying. How powerful is this love that God has granted to us? How powerful is it? 
I'm going to try to give you a, a visual here of how powerful and complete the love of God is and how powerful a change God can make in this world. And, and God has made. Can you say amen? All right, somebody's got to help me with this here a little bit. Now, there are a lot of wedding bands in this room, and there are a lot of uh, wedding rings, and, and women, you're wearing jewelry. And uh, How many of you know what one of the most popular pieces of jewelry in the world that has ever existed, what that piece of jewelry is? Anybody know? A cross. Man, that was quick. I didn't know I was going to say this today. But, but God wants me to use this example to get across to you how thorough this gift works in this world when we let it. The love of God given to us in the birth of Jesus Christ on this earth, this gift that he gave, it's so powerful that what people are doing, some of you may be wearing a cross around your neck right now. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry, is it not? <clears throat> All right, now, don't, don't get mad at me here. I, I'm not trying to insult anybody. But how many of you in this room would ever think about taking a tiny little replica of an electric chair, put it on a golden chain, and hang it around your neck? You think, what a stupid question. No, it's not a stupid question. No, it's not. Do you know that the cross, when Jesus Christ died on it, was a symbol of shame? It was a symbol of shame. It was a shame to die on the cross. It meant you were a criminal. It meant you were guilty. The Roman Empire used it as a, as a form of capital punishment, right? But when Jesus Christ was through with it, when the love of God was through with it, people would take crosses and they'd make jewelry out of them. They'd wear them around their necks. they adorn their walls in their home. I've got several in my home. One of the first gifts ever given to Ruthie and me when we got married by the pastor of our church was a cross carved out of solid oak, simple, nothing adorned, no jewelry, no nothing. Just hangs on the wall in the living room of every home we've ever lived in in the home of every home we've ever been in. Why? Because the power of love, the power of the love of God is so dynamic. And some of you won't grasp what I'm saying here today. You, you, you won't grasp it, but I pray that God will help you grasp it. Because God takes lives that are like that cross, and he can wring all the shame out of it wring all the shame out of it and change it and adorn it, make it beautiful, make it something that you, you'll want to show. It's a, it's a testimony to wear a cross around your neck now. It's so highly accepted that people of all walks of life will wear one. You know what I'm saying? You know, believers and non-believers will wear a cross around their neck. Why? Oh. There you go, sister. There you go, right? Why? Because the love of God is so powerful. It can take something as ugly as, as the electric chair for many years in this country was a symbol of capital punishment in this country. But Jesus didn't die in an electric chair. He died on the cross. 
and he wrung all the shame out of it. He made all, all, the, all that turn from all darkness to night, or darkness to day, to light. Amen? Isn't that powerful? I just want to read a few verses of Scripture here to you about love, and, and, and we'll be done. We'll be done. How many of you allowed Jesus Christ to come into your life? How many of you know that he's doing that work in you like he did on that cross? He's changing you just like he changed the cross. He defeated the cross. Amen? In Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 15 and 16, it said, I will send my flock, or I will tend my flock and let them lie down. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured, and strengthen the weak, but I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will shepherd them with justice. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 31 through 33. How many of you know that God disciplines those he loves? So you can't leave those scriptures out, the ones that we don't like, the ones that aren't as pleasant. He said in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 31 through 33, For the Lord will not reject us forever. Even if he causes suffering, he will show compassion according to his abundant faithful love. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. Folks, how many of you know that, that God forgives us of our sins, but sometimes there's a harvest? How many of you know that God will hold your hand through them all and he will not abandon you? He will not abandon you. I'm one of your elders that some of you don't know me because I'm not here like the other elders are here. For two weeks a month, I, I have to go away. And, and there's an, another ministry I'm involved in. I'm a chaplain for the security force for the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. But, but let me tell you what, what this means. On my last tour of duty, just before we went home, my phone rang and I picked up the phone and another supervisor said, I need to speak to the chaplain. I said, well, let me shut my door. Two hours later, another person had rededicated their heart and life to God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's humbling. It's humbling. But I have to testify, amen? And, and, and thank God he does things like that. He changes lives. He makes people new, amen? No matter what they've done, no matter what they're facing, no matter what they go through because of what they've done, amen? If God's holding your hand and walking through the fire with you, you'll come out the other side, amen? You'll come out the other side. And then, of course, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. I love that in the King James Version. For God so loved the world. Say that with me. For God so loved the world. Let me tell you something. For God so loved the world, he didn't send a text. Amen? For God so loved the world, he sent his son, his only begotten son. Amen? I had something else happen at work those last two weeks. Um, I, I went into the, into the permanent living quarters and I, I changed into my uniform and got everything ready to go and I threw a bunch of stuff in the laundry and I, I went to the office and I came back and put my stuff in the dryer and went back to the office, came back and I'm walking down the hallway and I hear this noise coming from the laundry room that, that uh, sounded like someone had thrown a boot in the dryer, okay? 
and it is, it's banging, it's carrying on, it's awful. I, uh, I go in there because somebody's done something wrong, right? I, I mean, like my lightning fast brain didn't, didn't grasp it, it was me, right? <laughs> and I open up that dryer door, and I'm telling you what, you might be able to wash a cell phone, but you cannot dry it, all right? <laughs> you can't dry it, right? Now, I know this sounds crazy, but I did that on day one of a two-week tour. How many of you know I wasn't getting another phone? I wasn't getting no texts. I wasn't getting no emails. I wasn't getting no nothing, right? No phone to ring or whatever, right? Now, look, look, look. It's just technology, right? But I got a new one. <laughs> Why? Because God loves my socks off, right? <laughs> And he gave me a son that helps me, you know, work through what I don't know. Why did I say all that? Why did I say all that? I didn't even know how to get on the realm, you know, until I, I say, God and me destroyed my phone. I got a new one, and Nathan wouldn't let up until I knew how to get on <laughs> the realm. He said, Dad, you're going to learn about what's going on in the church and stuff like that. If you said I'll give you a million dollars to get on Facebook, I'd be broke. Because I don't know how to get on it, you know? I don't know how to do all that stuff. But God gave me a son that loves me enough to teach me all that stuff. For God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 3, 16. 1 John 4, 10. Love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Can you say Amen. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's the atonement for our sins. 1 John 4.10 But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 that, that, that includes everybody in the room. Everybody in the room. Can you say amen? Yes. Everybody in the room. Now what does this do for us? What is this about love and and what is this about how God can change the cross and make it something that was, you know, something no one would think about wearing around their neck to where anybody in this room would be happy to have a cross and hang it around their neck or hang it on the wall. There's one on the wall right down there decorating this room, this very room. You know, I can't imagine a great big electric chair hanging up there and having the same effect because guess what? It wouldn't because God didn't do to the electric chair what he's done to the cross. And what he does to our lives and how he changes us. Amen? All right, there's a guy, I'm, I'm going to close with this. There's a guy named Matt Tulos. He's an associate director of communications at Louisiana Baptist Association. I want to give credit for this story to that man. All right? In a devotion, this is what he wrote. He couldn't do anything for himself, born with cerebral palsy. He sat in a wheelchair, loving every second of the Christmas musical. He faces challenges that I can't even imagine. His body wrecked by a disease with no cure. He sat in the back of the auditorium, perhaps wanting not to distract. And sitting next to him was a proud mother. I couldn't help but stealing a glance. He was talking to this woman throughout the evening to see her stroking his hair, wiping his mouth, and smiling all the while. She adored him. I had to meet this amazing mother. She was a single mom who had just moved to Tennessee from Kansas. How do you do all this by yourself, I asked. She said, he's my life. 
He's the greatest blessing that ever happened to me, she said. This two-person family had an eternal effect on me. I received a glimpse of the love God has for me, despite my constant battles with sin and personal rebellion, God loves me like that. Merry Christmas. My wife and I bought a home a year ago from a family that we were privileged to meet before they moved to Arkansas. Wonderful Christian couple. They had two kids. One was in college. The other one was a teenager in high school. And had many afflictions in his physical body, much like this child that this mother loved. And um, when the father in the household talked to me about his son, he said, you got to meet him. He's our angel. He was sent by God. And when I met his wife, she said the same thing. He's an angel sent by God. Can you imagine just for a minute with me the workload it is in your life to take care of a teenager that's facing challenges like that, just like this mother here. But God gave that mother a love for that child. Amen? And the love that God gave that mother for that child does not compare to the love that he has for us. You know, I, I, I'll never share with you the name of the person I was talking to on the phone. It's none of your business, really. It's just not. And I would be amiss to do it. But the conversation started out with this person telling me, I am concerned about my soul. And I don't know if God will forgive me. And I don't know if I can get right with God. I don't know if he'll allow me to. I said, well, brother... Let me rejoice with you because I know you're going to be all right. And the reason why I know you're going to be all right is you're worried about your destination. I said, if God had written you off, there would be no fiber of being within you that cared. But because you're frightened, because you're scared, I can tell you that we're going to be able to pray. And if you let God touch you, he's going to turn this around for you. Now, we went on to talk, and there were going to be a lot of things that this man was going to have to face in his life, whether he prayed with me or whether he didn't. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I convinced him that we needed to pray, and we needed to let God have the circumstances so that he could do with them what he will do with them. Because only God can deal with those things. Only God can make those changes. I'm telling you, there's people in this room right now, Pastor. I don't have to be touched by the Holy Spirit to know this, and you know I'm, I'm going to be saying the truth. One of the greatest tools of the liar is to whisper in your ears, you'll never be good enough. You will never be worthy. Well, guess what? You're not going to be. You need to give up on that right now. But guess who is worthy? Jesus Christ. And when you accept him, that's what father looks at he looks at the gift he looks at his son in the old testament they used to have to bring lambs and animals and, and a man could bring a lamb to the priest and the priest would examine the lamb 
for blemishes and all. He didn't examine the man. He examined the sacrifice. And if the sacrifice was acceptable, they moved forward. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ, the sacrifice is acceptable in the eyes of God. Amen? Amen? We're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. You all right? Right now, I think that if the devil's been lying to you this last week, I think you need to get a little happy now. You know what? If he's bothering to come after you and tell you lies, then he sees things you're not seeing. Well, you need to ask God to touch your eyesight. Amen? Amen. You need God to open your eyes to the gift. Amen? Amen? And stop needless suffering. Just put a stop to it with God's help. Don't, don't suffer with those lies anymore. Don't, you know, don't, don't. I, I, I'd beg you, but that would be wrong. I don't need to beg you. I need to tell you. Let the gift work in you. Let the love of God have its place in your life. It's going to be okay. I'm telling you, and I could go on and on about this, but I won't, but I will tell you this. How many of you know my wife went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many know the world's in a mess? There are a lot of churches in this country that are in a mess. Let's don't be one of them. Amen? Let's be a church, a segment of the body of Christ that looks at the truth, accepts it for what it is, and lets God be God. Amen? Let's let the apathy be somewhere else at a different address. Amen? If it's got to be at a church down the road, then let it be at a church down the road. Don't let it be here. Amen? Now, I will tell you, and pastors heard me pray this, and my wife knows this, I pray for every church in the city that lifts up the name of Jesus. Amen? Lift up the name of Jesus. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. Father, I realize that your mission is all about love. You love us so much that you gave us the most precious one in the universe, your son, Jesus Christ. This season is the season of giving. But it can also be tainted by selfishness, greed, and despair. But thank you, Father, not in this group of people. Thank you for touching our eyes, our hearts, our ears. Open up our intellect, Father, and pour your word into us, I pray. Strengthen us in our souls, Father. Strengthen us in our spirits. Father, once again, I want to thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. Thank you that he was born here, left heaven and was born here, walked on this earth, gave his life on the cross. Thank you for raising him from the dead. I thank you that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I thank you, Father, that if we'll just examine the lies that are being told to us by the devil, we can reject them in the name of Jesus and move on. Like the cross that was such an evil symbol at one time, such a dark and ugly symbol. Our lives were like that cross, but not when you were finished with it, Father. Not when your love was exemplified on that cross. Well, exemplify your love in us today, I pray, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, Jesus' mighty name, Jesus' mighty name.